Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. So happy to have you here on this Friday, April 2nd. Wow, we are already in April. Is time flying or what? That means we are now literally within days, a couple weeks, but, you know, getting so close to the NFL draft. And as we have been doing all week long, we've been having guests on the show who have familiarity with the different schools, who are able to talk about the prospects, pro days and whatnot. And today I have a double treat for you. We're actually going to do two schools. They're from the same state. We have the University of Florida, and we also are going to do the University of Miami in Florida, not to be confused with the University of Miami out in Ohio. And here to help me with some of these uh, draft prospects is a very, very good friend of mine. Really appreciate his time. He is Orlando Alzugari Jr. He is the host of the Big O Radio Show. You can find it on onsideradio.com. Orlando, thank you so much for the time today. It is always great to join you, Patricia. Looking forward to this conversation should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Now, Orlando, before we started recording, you were telling me about some theories or some information you had regarding the top of the draft. Why don't you go ahead and just kind of share that? This isn't necessarily Giants related per se, but it could have an effect on, you know, like a trickle down effect. So why don't you share that with the listeners? Well, I think actually, yes, I think it's a trickle down effect for everybody. And I think that's why I think Chris Greer did a really smart thing in trading down to get extra draft picks and then trading back up to the sixth spot. And San Francisco moved up to three. And now this whole thing is being sent out that they're interested in Mac Jones and, you know, the comparisons to to Matt Ryan and all of that. And I, I just find it so bogus. And And as you know, Patricia, we're in the season of lying right now. We're in the season of smoke screens. And and that's what I think is going on now. I think San Francisco traded up to number three because they love either Fields or Wilson, but they don't want to share their feelings because the Jets may end up picking that person. So instead, they put more of the emphasis on Mac Jones, and that way, you know, they're not thinking of Fields or Wilson, and maybe somebody else jumps in and wants to take you know, uh, Mac a little earlier, but I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think he's going to go as early as people think. I think San Francisco, you know, in my eyes, I think they really want Justin because he's athletic. He can move around. Uh, you know, he took a shot in one of the, in one of the games right in the kidneys and the kids still passed for several touchdowns. Uh, the toughness is there, the athleticism, I think in Shanahan's offense, he would be absolutely fantastic. So right now, the way I'm looking at the draft, obviously, Golden Locks, uh, Lawrence will go number one. I think Zach Wilson will go number two. I think Justin Fields is going to go number three. And I think Trey Lance is going to go four because he's a lot like Ryan Tannehill. And Arthur Smith moving over from Tennessee to Atlanta, I think, is going to run that kind of, the same kind of system. And what he sees in Trey Lance, he sees in Ryan. And I think he can do this kind of the same things. And then, you know, it behooves the Bengals to take Panay Suell because their quarterback took a pounding 
and and got injured. So you got to go get the best offensive lineman. And that leaves Miami at six, which, you know, I, I saw you tweeted out that Pitts, you think might fall down to the Giants or in that area. I don't believe that. I think Pitts or Jamar Chase are the selections for the Miami Dolphins. And I would not be surprised if they take Pitts first. But if Pitts is not there because Atlanta takes him, then I think they'll go Jamar Chase. I think that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah, you know what? I would I would absolutely jump for joy if Kyle Pitts fell down to the Giants. And we'll t- we're going to talk about the Florida players in just a moment. I would jump for joy if he made it down to the Giants at 11. I don't think, though, he's going to, especially after his pro day workout. And, you know, the interest in him, his stock is just rising. It just seems every single day tremendous player he would just make such a difference on the Giants offense but again if the Giants want him they're basically going to have to trade up to get him and this is a team that really you know it never trades up I don't think it's ever traded no I'm sorry it did trade up in it uh, under Dave Gettleman when they selected DeAndre Baker but you know they it's trading back that they never do but the Giants I don't see them doing it and, and it's unfortunate because I I would love to see Pitts in the Giants uniform Orlando let's talk about you know, since we're on the topic of Florida, let's talk about the the Florida players who, who uh, you know, worked out in the pro days and what you know about them. You know, obviously the big name is Kyle Pitts. Everybody I talk to says that this guy is as complete of a tight end as you are going to find. But where, you know, I think if you ask him, you'll, he'll probably tell you that he can get better at certain things. And where do you see any weaknesses in this kid's game? And, and I'm sure there's not very many, but, you know, where, where's he still need to develop? Well, he's not, he's not, my, he's not Mark Bavaro blocking. He's not, he's not uh, Gronk blocking. He's, he's a decent blocker, but he's not really a guy. And again, you're not really drafting this guy to be a blocker. That's about it. Uh, I think he's Darren Waller. I think he's a clone of Darren Waller. I think he's gonna. Be, I think he's the biggest mismatch on on, uh, on on in the in this draft. I just think he's the kind of kid that you know when when you look at him, you you got to say, okay, this guy has no weaknesses as a wide receiver because that's kind of what he is. He's a big wide receiver, Patricia, and I think he's a complete mismatch when he's out there. And I think that linebackers and um, what's it called? The uh, um, uh, corners and safeties, if they've got to cover this young man, uh, they're going to have some serious trouble. They're going to struggle because he is an absolute beast. And I, I think he's one of those guys that at times it, it's really impossible to cover, put it that way. Yeah, indeed. And, no, you know, I don't think this is a kid that anybody who is, is necessarily looking to be, you know, the next big blocker, you know, big blocking tight end. Uh, that's something, you know, maybe, you know, a second round or third round pick would do. But, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I have to tell you, I, I happen to see uh, Kyle Pitts's media session. Very, very impressed with that young man, the way he conducted himself. Um, but, yeah. Kyle Pitts, that's my dream draft pick for the Giants. But let's talk about some of these other guys um, who have, you know, kind of showed up as possibilities for the Giants. Kadarius Toney is one such guy. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't he have some off-field concerns that that he kind of worked out? I mean, what can you tell us about him and where he's at right now? 
Well, see, the thing about him, yeah, he had some some issues in the past, but it's been the, the one thing that I got to give Kadarius Tony a little love for is that at least those those issues have not shown up again at all throughout uh, his time there at Florida. So that's where I would give him a lot of a lot of uh, love on that. That hey, listen, we're all young. We all do dumb things. It wasn't anything that you know you should hold it against him. We're not talking about any serious crimes or anything. We're talking about immaturity issues. So, but he has not shown those ever since. So I give him credit there, and he has really you know uh, polished up his game uh, uh, with the speed, the route running. Uh, he's got he's got good hands uh, overall. I think he's a player. I, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be, um, you know, taken somewhere in the second half of that first round, Patricia, and whoever takes him, I think they're going to be extremely happy with, uh, with Kadarius Tony because we're talking about a kid that brings a lot to the table and, uh, he could, he could be a number one type receiver for, uh, for a team out there. So that, that would be one guy that I would definitely love to draft. If your team needs a wide receiver, that's definitely one of the kids that I would draft. Now, there are a few other players um, who worked out for for uh, Florida that, you know, I don't think we've heard a whole lot of, but, you know, maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the standouts in this group. Sean Davis, Stone Forsythe, Trevin Grimes, Evan McPherson, uh, Slayton, uh, Slatton, I think, TJ Slatton, um, Kyle Trask, Marco Wilson, who are some of those guys that are maybe rising in terms of their stock? Well, um, I, I think I, I think Marco Wilson is a guy uh, that is definitely uh, his stock is kind of rising. A junior CB, I think this is a kid that brings a lot of athleticism. I think he's a junior, if I'm correct. Also, um, Kyle Trask. Uh, I think Kyle Trask is an interesting project because physically. Uh, he has all the tools to be an NFL quarterback. Now he's got to, you know, obviously polish everything up, but I think that's another guy that's got a a, a ton of potential. Um, uh, Evan McPherson, uh, the kicker obviously is another kid that people are looking at. Let me see. I'm trying to think of some of the, Oh, Sean Davis. Yes. The, uh, the strong safety. I like the kid. He's, he's physical. The only thing about him is that, the size is the one thing that I do worry about Sean because I think he's somewhere in the 510 area right around 200 pounds so it's not like he necessarily has the frame but he is an aggressive kid he's a physical kid but I do worry about size with him um, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that you mentioned uh, the Heggy uh, kid Brett Heggy the senior uh, I like his size I like his athleticism uh, the only thing is, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if he's a guy that can that can play uh, a more zone type uh, scheme. I think he's more of a guy that has to be more of a mauler and stay in front and 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 be more of a physical player at the point of attack. Uh, if you run a zone scheme, I don't know how well he'll do there, but it might be a little bit of a transition for him in that sense. Those are some of the guys that I remember from the Florida side. You are listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trena and special guest Orlando Alzugari. He is a radio show host for the Big O Radio Show found on Onside 
radio.com down in Miami, Florida. We're going to take a quick break, Giant fans, when we come back. More from Orlando regarding the Florida and Miami University draft prospects. So please stay with us. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your sportsbook expert. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Traina, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants Segment 2. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by special guest Orlando Al Zugari. He is a radio show host for the Big O Radio Show that you can find online at onsideradio.com. And before we continue our conversation with Orlando, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sports with the help of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Orlando, let's swing over now to the University of Miami now, um, Miami, to me, I think maybe has more players that might be linked to the Giants. We can start off with um, edge rusher uh, Greg Rousseau, uh, who's a sophomore. And if I'm not mistaken, he didn't he opted out, if I, I believe, right, this past year? Yes. Yes. All right. So he's yeah, a sophomore. Rousseau, yeah. I was going to say he's a sophomore, um, doesn't have a whole lot on tape, but, you know, do you think he's done enough and what he has put on tape is enough to kind of get him into that first round discussion. You know, you know, Patricia, you, uh, the, the giant fans know of a guy named Jason Pierre Paul and Jason Pierre Paul only had one year at USF. And uh, he's obviously turned himself into a hell of a football player and has had a hell of a career. I think we would all agree on that. Now, those guys that don't have a long track record and another one in New York that landed there was Mark Sanchez. He only had 16 games and it did not work out for him. And it happens a lot with one year wonders. They don't work out more often than not because there's not enough of tape. You don't get to see a kid when he's struggling. You don't get to see a kid when he's overmatched and how do they handle those kind of, you know, that kind of adversity and so you, that's why you want a long track record. That's why you want three years of tape, because you're going to see the kid 
in moments when they're winning, in moments when they're losing, in moments when he's having personal success, in moments when he's having, you know, personal failure and how he handles all of that, how he faces different offenses and different defenses and different schemes and, and how does he struggle with certain schemes or others. And so when you have one year under your belt, you're probably not put in every position possible. So you're not going to really know the player the way you'd like to know the player. And then let's add COVID to all of this, Patricia. You no longer can go meet people face-to-face and go talk to their PE coach and high school and the cafeteria lady and the counselor and uh, friends and whoever that you can, you know, get in contact with, with who's ever been around that player, that person, that human being. So this challenge becomes that much tougher for NFL teams. So it's already hard enough when you don't have a lot of film on, on Greg Rousseau and it, or let's say Jalen Phillips, who had his issues at, at, in UCLA and injuries and then came over to Miami and had a magical year and kind of has risen you know, up the ranks too. So these are risks that they're going to have to take. But unfortunately, they're going to have to roll the dice this year. I would hate to be the scout that has to put my name down on some of these scouting reports because you might be completely off one way or another. You might not be convinced of the kid and he turns into a stud, or you might love the kid and he turns into a dud. So you don't know. As for Rousseau, he has everything you need. I mean, physically, he brings it all. Now the other question is, and this is something that, Patricia, I, you know, you and I get to deal with a lot of NFL people, and we get to know them personally sometimes. I am wondering, and a lot of them have not opened up to me about this, how much taking off a year is that going to hurt in some people's eyes? Because I know there are coaches that are holding resentment for some of the players that held out this year in the NFL, and so I'm wondering if they're going to hold any resentment to the players that chose not to play with their college teams and, you know, go sacrifice and the whole machismo bravado stuff and all that all for the team. And so that'll be interesting too, how much these guys that held out, because we're talking Panay Suel, we're talking Greg Rousseau, we're talking, uh, who's the other kid that I know that is a guaranteed first rounder that fell also. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, Parsons. I'm, you're talking in the Florida group, or are you talking gen- in general? No, no, I'm just talking in, gen- in general. Parsons? There are three. Is it part? Is it Parsons? Parsons of Penn State? Oh, that's right. He did. That Micah Parsons did say he did sit out, didn't he? I think so. Yes. Yeah. So, so you're talking about. So there's several guys in this draft that held out. Yet we're not hearing anything about that. I just wonder behind the scenes, will that affect a guy like Greg Rousseau? Will that affect Panay Suel at all, you know, down the line? But I, I got to tell you, uh, I, I love Rousseau. I, I think he can play the game. Uh, I think he would be a terrific end overall. But again, there isn't a lot of tape. So we don't know how he's going to handle certain adversities, you know, down the line. But man, physically, Patricia, he looks the part. There's no doubt about it. Indeed. And, you know, he is one guy who I've seen pop up in mock drafts for the New York Giants. Another guy I've seen uh, pop up, maybe not in the first round per se, um, I've I've seen uh, Quincy Roche's name pop up. What can you tell us about him? 
I, I love uh, the former Temple standout who came over to Miami and had a terrific year. He's probably going to fall to the second or third rounds. And, uh, you know, the thing about Quincy Roche is Quincy Roche uh, athletically can – can can play this uh play this position he can hold he can hold the point too uh, uh to help you out in the run uh he's he's athletic uh i i think he's got all the goods to be an nfl defensive end everything you see of him he's built to be a, an nfl defensive end that's the thing miami's got three guys that really look the part physically athletically uh the the, the only questions are you know, Roche played at Temple first, but then came to the ACC and excelled. So you can't hold the Temple stuff to against him because he stepped up in competition with the ACC. So I think he's one of those guys that could end up becoming one of the bargains in the draft because you're going to pick him later on. So the risk is a lot less, but the ceiling is just as high as some of the other guys out there. So Roche, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he's got it physically. Now, will he become that guy? That's, that's the million-dollar question. Now, this is kind of an interesting draft rusher class because it's not a horrible class, but, you know, people who are looking for the generational talent, you know, the, the uh, Chase Young or the Joey Bosa, you're not going to find that in this class. But there are enough nope. solid guys in this class. You know, we mentioned, um, you know, Roche, obviously, Rousseau. And, uh, you know, Phillips, I think, is another one we have to bring into the conversation. Yeah, and, and again, we let's go back to the Kadarius Tony situation. He had issues at UCLA and all that other stuff. And so he comes to Miami, and he had injuries, too. Uh, and so he comes to Miami, and he stays healthy, and, and he had a great year. Now, physically and athletically, you see that he can play the game. Excuse me, play the game, play the run, uh, you know, go after the quarterback. He can do all of that. The question is, he stayed away from injuries. Is that an aberration or is it something that he figured out his body and now he's going to, you know, be able to stay healthy from here on out? I, I remember Fred Taylor when he came out of Florida and, and he was drafted by the Jags. The first couple of years, Fred constantly broke down and had injuries. And then, like in year four or five, I think it was, you know, he figured out his body, the light went on, and he went on a run for like five or six years where he, not, he rarely got injured again and had a great part of his career. And he was so talented. And, and I, I've heard this with players in the past that have had all kinds of injuries. They got to try to figure out how to stay healthy, how to treat their bodies. And so that's the question with Jalen Phillips. The injury history, the other, the off the field stuff with him, you know, at UCLA, how much of that will it roll over? So if you draft him it, it, with Jalen Phillips, it might be more about all the periphery than it is about the player. You know, athletically what you're getting. The question is, can he hold up or will he give you any of the issues that he had at UCLA where he didn't at, at UM? And that's where. I'm sure if the Giants draft him, they're going to have long conversations with the folks at, the, at UCLA and then the folks at the University of Miami and find out, okay, what happened in one place and what happened in the other. You know what I mean? And so that's – and listen, when you think about it, Roche excelled. Phillips excelled. 
you know, Rousseau is here. So you, you got to maybe also say maybe the program, the head coach is a, a defensive expert. So maybe he knows how to handle these players a little better than some other coaches. Who knows? But obviously the environment was good for Phillips. The environment was good for Roche. And, you know, unfortunately they missed Rousseau this year, but you saw what he did back in 2019. So let me ask you this. Of the three edge rushers that, that are coming from the U, who do you think is the best fit for the Giants? I'm going to go Rousseau because I think physically he's the most powerful one of the three. I, I love Jalen Phillips and what he can do uh, and his athleticism, but I do worry about the injury history, whereas Rousseau doesn't have that injury history, and he is a physical presence. He will blow things up. And I think Rousseau's the kind of guy that in a couple of years in your system, every once in a while, you'll put him in the middle of the line to blow things up if you want to. You know, that kind of stuff that if you have a, another younger edge rusher that can't be inside and you really want to go after the quarterback, I can see Rousseau playing a little tackle out every once in a blue moon just because they need a little extra, you know, penetration and disruption in the middle. I really like Rousseau. And I know that, you know, there's not uh, years in, uh, of tape on him, but, you know, when I see the physical presence and I see what he can, you know, how, how, how he can overpower people, that's what I love about, about Gregory Rousseau, and I would take him. You are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trena and special guest Orlando Alzugari. He is a radio show host down in the Miami area. He hosts the Big O Radio Show found on OnSideRadio.com. And we are talking Florida and Miami draft prospects. We're going to take our final break, come back, and we're going to wrap it up with some final thoughts from Orlando. Please, folks, stay with us. Hey, Giant fans, if you haven't tried the all-new Built Bar, you're really missing out. They offer an amazing assortment of flavors, both of the nut and nut-free varieties, which is sure to appease any taste. And can I take a moment to tell you about their new Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar? Folks, this is by far my favorite of Built Bar's selection and a perfect way for me to swap out a meal or if my day is particularly busy and I need a quick bite, tide me over until my next meal. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they really taste like you're eating a candy bar. Except you're not. You're indulging in a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber treat that's great for the keto diet or any diet plan you happen to be on. So head on over to BuiltBar.com today and use the special promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order. And welcome back, everybody, to Locked On Giants Segment 3. Patricia Trainer here with you. Special guest, Orlando Alzugari. He is a radio show host down in the Miami area. He hosts the Big O Radio Show found on OnSideRadio.com. We are talking Miami and Florida draft prospects. You are getting a twofer on today's show. Perfect way to send you into the weekend, I hope. Uh, so I hope you are enjoying it. And, uh, you know, speaking of the draft, are you ready for it? 
Well, join Locked On NFL Draft host Travis Sikama and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on the 2021 NFL Draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And Orlando, you know, let's just kind of, you know, talk a little bit now about uh, Brevin Jordan. Oh, Brevin I'm sorry. Jordan. Brevin Jordan, yeah, the tight end. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, now, disclaimer here. I, you know that I like Kyle Pitts, and I, I'm also realistic that the Giants aren't going to get him. Another guy that not, I not like for day. a potential tight end is Pat Fryermuth of Penn State. I don't know that the Giants are going to get him. Is Brevin Jordan maybe a fit to, for what the Giants do with that offense? And what does he bring to the table? Yeah. See, my problem with Brevin Jordan is I know he can play, but he can't stay healthy. I wouldn't draft him. I draft him. Yeah. Maybe in the third or fourth round because, okay, I'm taking a middle round pick and I'll take a flyer on a guy that's got first round talent. But the, but the problem is he's extremely fragile. And that's my problem with Brevin Jordan. I know athletically he's a freak, but so was David Njoku. And David Njoku has yet to break out for the Cleveland Browns, and it's and he's had some injuries, but he was more raw than Brevin. Brevin is a much better route runner. Brevin is a much better player right now. Njoku was an incredible freakish athlete that you were hoping that you would turn him into a football player, and he hasn't really turned into that football player. Brevin Jordan is a football player, is a fantastic talent, but man, I, I got to tell you, Patricia, over the years, um, I am not a fan of players who are often injured. I get off your bandwagon with a quickness. And, and listen, most of us, if we ever played in the in, in football, we would be breaking down left and right. So I wouldn't like myself on the football field either because I know it takes a freak to stay healthy physically in this league. And unfortunately, Brevin Jordan does not have that magical trait that players need to have to be durable. You know, you know that old saying, uh, your, 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 your greatest talent is your availability. And he just does not have that. He doesn't possess that. And that's my problem with Brevin Jordan. I would not draft him unless I'm taking him more in the middle rounds where I'm willing to lose the pick because there's a good chance he will not actually make it through the NFL because he just does not hold up. So I love the talent. I'm terrified of the player who ends up on the IR on a consistent basis. Yeah, and you know, the Giants, of course, with Evan Ingram have gone through that. So I don't think they they really want to, you know, have a repeat of that if there are injury concerns. And, you know, when we spoke with uh, Brevin Jordan, when he was on his his uh, call after his, his workout, very defiant almost, you know, just, you know, people were questioning, I guess, his, his whether, whether or not, I guess, uh, he... I don't, I don't want to say dogged it, but, you know, his commitment to the university and he just got all bent out of shape and said, hey, if you if you question it, you don't know me. And he just got really defensive when when that topic came up. Well, you know, I'm, I wouldn't question his commitment. I, I really wouldn't. I just question his durability. 
I, I think that's what it is. I think that's what's been frustrating for him. And if people look at it that way, I don't think they're looking at it the right way, Patricia. Uh, I don't think this is a kid that went half-ass. I, I just think that this is a kid that, unfortunately, his body – you know, Yatiel Green, his body wasn't made for the NFL. You just talked about Evan Ingram. You know, sometimes that's just the way it is. Not everybody is built to last in this league or even survive it. Some guys can and some guys can't. I, just right now, he has not proven that he can stay on the field for you. So it looks like he's, you know, lazy or looks like he's not trying. It's not really that. It's just his body just doesn't help him out unfortunately and I hope he figures it out but you know it's hard to figure it out when you're going to a league that the players are bigger stronger and they hit harder so if you can't stay healthy at one level then you got to worry about healthy at the next level because it's going to be that much harder these are grown men and like I always tell people I've been doing radio for 31 years here in South Florida. And, you know, these guys that you're playing against, when you go to the pros, they've got, you know, wives and girlfriends, multiple houses, multiple cars. They got a lot on their mind. They got a lot of financial issues on their mind. You are playing against junkyard dogs. You're playing against grown men, and they're going to go after you. And when you're coming out of college, if you're not ready to deal with grown men who have grown problems, we're not talking about a kegger over the weekend anymore. We're not talking about you going over to the sorority house and having fun or walking around being the, being the big man on campus. You have moved on to the pros. And when you move on to the pros, you are playing with grown men who know how to play this game. They know how to take care of themselves professionally, mentally. The intelligence level is at another, at another step. And these young men have to be ready to take that next step physically and mentally I'm not exactly sure that, that Brevin Jordan's body will end up holding up. And I think that might be the thing that takes him down. So if your team takes him in the third or fourth round, I think it's a terrific gamble. If your team took him in the first or second round, I think they didn't do their homework. Well, I don't think the Giants are, are linked to him. At least I haven't heard them linked to them being linked to him. Well, well uh, you but- just said you just said it. If they went through it with 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 Evan, then yeah. they're gonna go. We can't go through. We can't do this again. We can't yeah. go through it again. We got you know. And he actually, Evan didn't have the injury history in college that this kid has. Yeah. So that that's a. So with the, see, you can't blame the Giants for Evan because he's a freakish talent. And you understand what they were seeing when they drafted him, that if he could, you know, if you found out that he was durable, then you would have had a hell of a player on your hands. So I get it. But if you draft Brevin Jordan and you tell me you didn't know or you didn't think so or you, you thought he was going to stay healthy, then that's when I'm going to say you're irresponsible because this is what he was in college how did you expect it to be any different? So I love the kid's talent. I just, unfortunately, uh, the good Lord above did not give him the kind of body that can take the punishment. All right. Now, final question for you, Orlando. Of the Florida players and the Miami players, if you could pick one player to put on the oh. Giants, who would it be? It's over. <laughs> Come on. This is a no-brainer. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. I love me? it. <laughs> Uh, I was. I thought maybe I mean, you would go with Rousseau. I thought you might say Rousseau no. or something. <laughs> no, because because as much as I love Rousseau, I have more film on Pitts, and I know Pitts 
watching Darren Waller for the Oakland or for the Los Angeles Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh uh, God, I'm really old. I'm covering all the cities except Vegas. Uh, so anyway, um, watching Darren Waller, who is just an absolute mismatch. I think Kyle Pitts is the best offensive player in this draft. I want the Dolphins to take him at six, but if I'm the Giants and I had my, my, my pick and I could take the guy that I want at that spot, I would love to take Kyle Pitts because, you know, all those memories of Mark Bavaro and all of that, well, you're going to have another great, great tight end, uh, you know, in, in, in that. Well, Howard Cross was pretty damn good, but, uh, but uh, you know, Pitts is just a freak just the ultimate matchup. You can put him outside. You can put him inside. You know, Patricia, any team that prepares that week for whoever Pitts plays with, those safeties and those linebackers uh, and, and maybe the nickel corner, those people or the dime, they're going to hate life if they're going to be matched up with that kid that week. They will have nightmares because they know deep down inside. You know, Channing Crowder played for the Dolphins. And he tells a story about, I think it was, I think it was Tony Gonzalez. I think it was, or maybe it was, it was, no, maybe it wasn't Tony. It was, it was another tight end. It was a really athletic tight end that was on a roll and tearing up the league. And, 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 and Channing was struggling covering him. And the coach went to him to the sideline and said, Hey, what is going on with you? He goes, coach, it's your fault. You know, I can't cover him and you keep putting me out there. And so that, you know, that's the, 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 you know, Channing was honest enough to tell the coach, hey, man, you know I'm not fast enough to hang with them, and that's what's going to happen with Kyle Pitts. Whoever's matched up with them, when they line up, they know already they're going to lose that matchup. So if you want any offensive player in this draft, unless you need a quarterback, if you need a quarterback, then you got to, you know, obviously roll the dice there. But outside of that, I want Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, for me, is the best offensive player in this draft. Oh, I'm with you on that. And like I said, I, I hope that there is a miracle and he falls down to the Giants. Certainly the the, the shakeup at the top of the draft order. And, and who's to say there won't be another trade, another team that jumps up and, and you know, makes a trade. But I, I just don't see him getting out of the top 10 because, no. you know, I could see the Cowboys maybe even going for him, even though I don't know that that would necessarily be the right pick for them. But, you know, look, if you go best available – and and you're talking non quarterbacks, um, he's right up there. He's probably up there with yeah, Sewell and 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 uh, you know. Go ahead. The, the the only way the only way he falls to the Giants is if all those GMs in front of the Giants they go visit Nino Brown at the Carter and uh, smoke a little crack before they go to the uh, draft. <laughs> that's the that's the only way it's going to oh, happen no. because there's no way Kyle Pitts falls that far. I don't think he gets past six where the Miami Dolphins are at. If the Falcons don't take him, which I, I still believe they're going to go Trey Lance because Trey and Ryan Tannehill look like the same kind of guy. And Arthur Smith, I think, sees that and says, I can do exactly what I did with Ryan with Trey Lance. That's my guy. So he'll sit a year behind Ryan and then they'll move him in. I think that's going to happen. But if they want to go, if they want to make a pick, they'll probably be the team that gets pits. If they don't, I believe Miami takes them at number six overall, because remember, they just got the receiver, Will Fuller. So with, with Devontae and Preston Williams, I think they'll have enough and they'll probably draft a receiver later in the draft. 
at number 18 could be Kadarius Tony, or it could be in the second round or a, a, a Wayne Eskridge, something like that in the third round. I think they'll add a dimension, some guy with speed uh, down the line, but I think they'll take Pitts at six if Atlanta does it. I'm with you on that. And, you know, we can only see, you know, sometimes the draft, the way it unfolds, it never quite unfolds the way we anticipate it will. So it's certainly going to be an interesting one, especially if there are any more trades that shake up the top of the first round order. Orlando, before we say goodbye, anything else you want to tell the people regarding your show, what you got coming up or anything like that? Well, they can uh, support us at onsideradio.com. We got like uh, six different apps on the on the right side of the website. They can uh, listen to the uh, show. My show is uh, the Onside Zone from 12 to 3 uh, every single day. Uh, we've got live programming seven days a week. Uh, we're the flagship station of Inter-Miami CF football. That's the soccer team. Uh, obviously, Jorge Moss and David Beckham are my uh, bosses, actually. So those, uh, the owners of the soccer team are the owners of the uh, radio station. Uh, so, yeah, and they can follow me on Twitter at Big O Show, and uh, they can find out everything there. All right. Sounds good. Orlando, really appreciate the time. Giant fans, appreciate you listening uh, this week. And thank you so much, by the way, for a huge, huge month of March. We had such we had new high numbers and, and I can't thank you enough for those numbers. And, you know, I appreciate it. Make sure you tune in next week. We've got plenty more shows coming up regarding the uh, pro, pro Day prospects. We're going to bring on David Turner. He's going to break down some of these Pro Days. And then we have uh, appointments with Ohio State and Georgia. And I'm working on some other schools. So we're going to keep on going until and cover as many as we possibly can leading up to the draft. For Orlando Alzugari, this is Patricia Trainer. Thanks so much again for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week.